Gorya Vaishnavs are sometimes referred to as Rupanugas. Rupanuga means follower of Rupa Goswami. They're not called Chaitanya Nugas. We don't hear that term. Or Gauranga Nuga. Rupanuga. Follower of Rupa Goswami. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave to the six Goswamis, headed by Rupa Goswami, the responsibility for systematically presenting everything that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught. Rupa Goswami is sometimes called the father of devotional service because he compiled under Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's direct instruction, he compiled the rules and regulations, the methodology of devotional service according to the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sometimes, not so commonly, but sometimes the uh, Gorya Vaishnavas, they're also called Jivanuga, followers of Jiva Goswami. He was the youngest of the six Goswamis. Youngest means in terms of age. Um, but his Jivanoga means because we follow the philosophy of He systematically presented the philosophy which establishes all the truths which Rupa Goswami has presented. Rupa Goswami also gave some philosophical literature, but very philosophically and systematically Jiva Goswami has described analyze what is the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, especially that given by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whose contribution is unique. All the Vaishnava Acharyas have, if so facto, because they're Vaishnavas, they have taught us to worship Vishnu, understanding him to be the supreme eternal personality of Godhead. They are thus completely distinguished from the Mayabhadis who, although purporting to follow the Vedic literatures, have a completely different understanding of what the purpose of the Vedic literatures is. Because the Mayabhadis, they accept that the absolute truth is devoid of attributes. So there's no question of bhakti for Mayavadis, even if they sometimes purport to show bhakti. But their whole outlook is ultimately so less dry, disappointing, devoid of feelings, if you say that the absolute truth has no form, no qualities, no patterns, no anything, only existence. The, the, the body means they take the absolute truth to be impersonal. They say the only, the only thing that the absolute truth has is existence. But no qualities, no form, 
no personality, then what? What is the meaning of saying the Absolute Truth has any existence? If we say that, well, you invented a new machine, how big is it? Well, it doesn't have any size, because it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any shape, it doesn't have any function, it doesn't emit any sound. And what kind of machine is it? You invented it. What do you, what do you mean? It doesn't have any size. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't hear it. Then what kind of a new machine is it? It's, it's a non-entity. It is no ex- existence is understood in terms of form, taste, touch, smell, sound, feeling. So if it's, imp- if it's impossible to see, touch, taste, smell, feel, or hear the what they call as the absolute truth, then we can say it has no existence. No thought, no feelings, no no sense perception possible in relation to the absolute truth according to the Mayavadis. So Mayavadis are akin to Buddhists. The only thing is that the Buddhists say that that everything is nothing. Or nothing is nothing. Nothing is. Is nothing. Nothing. No, they don't say they, that, that nothing, everything is nothing, because it's just nothing. You can't even say nothing is, because if you say is, that means something. So it's very difficult to understand their philosophy, because it doesn't make any sense. But at least they talk about nothingness. Now, even to mention nothingness, to, to, even, to even conceptualize what nothingness is, you have to think, what somethingness is, and then negate it. You can't think of pure nothingness. So anyway, that's the Mayavad, uh, Shunyavad. But then the Mayavads say, well, no, there is. There is existence. There is the absolute truth. But it doesn't have any form, taste, smell, touch, qualities. So it comes to the same thing. It's also that They'll argue with the Shankarshaya has defeated Buddhist philosophy, smashed it, and established that the Absolute Truth is not nothing, but it is something, but it doesn't have any qualities, forms, and touch, smell, so, so what's the difference? Why do you go to so much trouble to refute Buddhism when it comes to the same thing? So the Vaishnava Acharyas, they, they uh, are completely distinguished from the Mayavadis by their sensible, realistic, factual acceptance of the Supreme Truth being the Supreme Absolute Person, Vishnu. They are realists. Whereas the Shunyavadis, they are nothingists. And the Mayavadis, they are surrealists, we could say. And here we're not using su in the Sanskrit sense. <laughs> which would mean good realism, but surrealism is a school of art in the Western world in which everything is very vague. There's something is there, but you can't quite work out what it is. That's surrealism. Whereas uh, devotees, they are realists in the really real sense. 
And then again we have materialists who consider themselves to be realists. They think they think that transcendentalists, whether Mayavadis or devotees, are just they just they're just floating around with their head in the clouds. What is all this talk about God? You got it? God. What is all this talk about God and the absolute truth and spiritual life? Let's be real. I'm hungry. I have to put some food in my belly. This is realism. Let's be realistic. So that's a very, uh, we can say, down-to-earth philosophy in the fullest sense of the term. Down-to-earth. The only problem with this uh, material, well, there's not only one problem, but prominent problems of a materialistic understanding of reality is that first of all, no one's ever happy in this so-called real real world of this material world uh, that we may say, well, it's real, but it's, it's really full of suffering so it doesn't satisfy us if we say that the, the uh, absolute truth or the, uh, the real reality is only what we can perceive here in this present plane you can say like that, but uh, nothing in this present plane it doesn't satisfy. We're not satisfied. So we are hankering for happiness, but it's not available in this material world, or only to a very limited extent. And that limited extent is also mixed with a large admixture of misery. So that's one problem with the real reality of this material world. Another problem is that it doesn't last. You may say, well, it, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a realist. I, I live in Delhi and I work hard and I make money and this is reality. But it doesn't last. So, what happens after you die, Mr. What will, what will be the nature of reality then? So, the hard-nosed realists, so-called realists, they say, well, after death, nothing continues to exist. They don't have any proof of it, and they say it with great conviction. After death, there's nothing. Because no one's proved that there is life after death. Therefore, that shows that there is no life after death. Which is, is, is that supposed to be philosophy? Well, there's no philosophy. It's just stupid. No one, no one proved it. Of course, what is the nature of that proof? Or even if it's provable, they don't consider. But practically they have to say like this, that there's not, after death there's nothing, because if they, say, if they were to accept that there is life after death, then their whole so-called philosophy of material existence being the ultimate phase of reality, then it, then it wouldn't be true. So, if we say that all we can see, touch, taste, smell, feel, and hear is reality, then we have to say that after death there's nothing. Because we can't, from, from our present plane, we can't touch, taste, smell, feel, hear, what, or smell, what happens after death. So there are varieties of philosophies, most of which are bunkum, which is American slang for nonsense. You can use it sometimes. I mean, when we're discussing philosophy, when we're discussing philosophy in Krishna consciousness, we 
we have to use this word nonsense a lot if we're actually preaching. So if you like, you can, there's a synonym there, bunkum. There are other words also like balladash. Garbage is also can be used for nonsense. Foolishness. So these are all important words in discussing philosophy with most people because most people are fools and they talk nonsense. So uh, we have to point it out to them. So if you like, you can sometimes say that's bunkum. I mean, they probably won't know what it means and they might think you're praising them. <laughs> so uh, then they can go home and look it up in a dictionary and find out that actually it's a synonym for nonsense. So uh, all these different philosophies are nonsense and the Vaishnava Acharyas, they have established that absolute reality is Vishnu. Vishnu Paratvam, that is the basic principle of Vaishnava philosophy that Lord Vishnu is supreme. So all the Vaishnava philosophers have defeated Mayabad, especially Madhvacharya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He took two two teachings or two contributions from each of the four different sampradayas. So from Madhvacharya he took the complete refutation of Mayabha. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could very much appreciate it. Uh, as long as there's Mayavad, as long as there's any trace of this Mayavad within our understanding, then it's not possible to attain pure, pure devotional service. Two things. If there's desire for material sense gratification, or if there's inclination towards impersonal understanding, then we cannot actually enter into pure devotional service. Bhukti Mukti Sri Haryavaj. Pishachi Vidhi Vartate. Hmm. Again I forgot it. Bhakti. Katam Abhyudhi. Tavat Bhakti Sukhasyatra. Katam Abhyudhi Yoga. As, as long as the witch-like desires for improvement through material sense gratification or inclination towards impersonal realization is there in the heart, then there is no question of pure devotional service. These things have to be kicked out completely. So Madhvacharya's great contribution is his complete refutation of Mayava. And also Chaitanya Mahabharu appreciated very much from Madhvacharya his deity worship, accepting the deity as eternal. So all the different Vaishnav Sampradayas, uh, they have made their contributions, but the contributions, the contribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the specialty of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what makes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching special? Well, one thing is the, the availability. He's made it available to all. That everyone can chant the holy names of Krishna. And even without any prior qualification. In fact, in Kali Yoga, most people have disqualification. But even so, everyone can attain the highest goal. And what is that highest goal? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has 
taught that, or he had brought Vaishnavism to its highest pinnacle by teaching what is the what are the feelings what what are the feelings of Radha for Krishna and Krishna for Radha in the highest plane of spiritual existence which isn't really it's not really meant for most persons it's a very private and secret thing that Chaitanya has made that available so this is uh, Vaishnava this is Vaishnava uh, philosophy Rupanoga philosophy and Rupanoga not just philosophy but existence is that most philosophers they are examining a reality with the aim of understanding what it is what is reality and some of them conclude is that what it isn't or it isn't the Shunya Bhavi but the Sitsko Swamis they were commissioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to bring to the world the topmost level of understanding of reality which is not simply a an academic overview of what is not simply philosophy beyond philosophy to the platform of transcendental feelings that bhakti has as its basis Gyan, not this impersonal Gyan, but Sambandha Gyan. What is the relationship between, especially from our point of view, the Sambandha Gyan is important to understand. What is the relationship between Jiva and Bhagavan? Madhvacharya also delineated this very philosophically. That the relationship is one of eternal servitude. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also accepted that, but he expanded that servitude to the servitude beyond awe and reverence, especially up to the level of the gopis of Vrindavan. Ramya Kachidu Pasana Vajabhadruva Agena Kalpita. The topmost mode of worship is that of the gopis of Vrindavan. So the Sisko Swamis, they are the original Acharyas of the Gauri Vaishnava Sampadana. Of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, but they have systematically presented what are the philosophies and teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that everyone can take advantage of to achieve the topmost perfection of life. Beyond even that of even that given by previous Acharyas. So this song very nicely describes how the six Goswamis of Vrindavan were acting in Krishna consciousness, how they lived their lives in the service of Krishna. Their lives are the ideal for all their followers 
If we are Rupa Nuga, that means we are followers of Rupa Goswami. And what is it? Follow means we should uh, understand the essence of their lives and employ that, uh, adopt that in our lives. Now, exactly how Rupa Goswami lives, the, exactly the details, even our recent Acharyas have not recommended that we do so, especially Bhakti Sankarachar, he was criticized for not dressing like Rupa Goswami. He deliberately didn't dress like that. He gave the dress of brahmacharis, sannyasis. Why? Because he wanted to, by doing so, he wanted to demonstrate that we are the servants of Rupa Goswami. We are not imitating him by artificially adopting his mode of dress, Paramahamsa dress. But from within the Varnashram institution, we will serve Krishna. So, let's, we can sing this song. Krishna, Kirtan, and Again, I think those at the back, unless you're, unless you have very good eyesight, you may not be able to see this clearly. So, uh, songbooks can be utilized by those at the back. Krishna Kirtana Gana Nartana Paro Prima Mitambodi. <laughs> Sri Chaitanya Sri Padhara Bodhidhava Bhagavata Antara Thank <laughs> you. 
very deeply meaningful glorification of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. If we can get even a drop of a drop of a drop of a drop of their mercy, then we can also begin to follow in their footsteps of overwhelming love of Krishna. Just as we are now more or less overwhelmed by Maya, we take being in Maya to be normal. And our attempts to be Krishna conscious, it's, it's like we're trying to change ourselves or something. But for the six Goswamis, for them to be Krishna conscious, it's not a matter of following sadhana, even though they follow sadhana. Sankhyapur, Vakanama, Dhanana, Siddhi, Kalava, so they led regulated lives. But that regulation was for two reasons. One reason to show us how to do it. Another was to regulate their ecstasy. Our regulation, we follow, you have to chant so many rounds, you have to do this, do that. You have to regulate our lives so that we so we have some semblance of Krishna consciousness. But for them, because they had so many, there were so, uh, so many things to do in Krishna consciousness, so that they had a schedule, otherwise they couldn't have done it all. Because they might have got, you, you see, just by chanting, you can get stuck. You just chant, 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 and you don't want to stop. You just go on and on. For them. So, but they have, 
They had so much duties in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's service, writing so many books. And then Lubta Tirtha Udhar, they were going to all the places in Vrindavan Dham and finding out, oh, this is Keshigat, oh, this is Vamsivat. They were finding out by examined scriptural evidence and by their own spiritual insight. So they had so many duties and they were also gurus teaching others. and catering to the especially Sanatana Goswami was catering to the religious social and even the social needs of the Vrajvasis so they're doing so many things Sanatana Goswami was performing Parikrama of Govardhan every day Raghunath Das Goswami had a program to offer businesses to 2,000 Vaishnavas every day so they regulated their ecstasy and we can following their example regulate our misery and how to come out of it by coming to the ecstatic platform of Krishna consciousness not to be imitated but to be aspired for by very serious and sincere practice of Krishna consciousness praying for the mercy of the six Goswamis and all the great devotees. This earth planet is indeed glorious, for not only has Lord Krishna placed his lotus feet here, not only have so many different incarnations, but so many great devotees have come here and taught us the process of Krishna consciousness. So let's take that very seriously. That is the most valuable treasure. People here in Delhi are working hard, very possessed. For making money they have Utsaha, Nishyad, Hariyat, Tadkal, Karma, Pravatana, Sangatriyaga, Satovrite. They're very enthusiastic for earning money. They're very determined to earn money, they're very patient if I, you know, if I don't earn so much money, I'll go on trying they follow all the prescribed systems, they read all the books, management books how to do it, how to earn money Sangatiyaga, they give up the association of crazy people like devotees of Krishna who are not interested in earning money and Satovrite, well, they don't exactly follow Sadvriti but for them anything is Sadvriti as long as you get money so they're setting a very good example of uh, how to be determined and focused. Unfortunately, it's all for the wrong purpose. But that same determination, if we have in Krishna consciousness, that materialistic people, they're willing to perform any, all kinds of austerities. They, they work day and night, many people. They have a job in the day and a job at night. They're very determined to enjoy this material world. Even, even though there's nothing there to enjoy, but they're determined to, to squeeze blood out of a stone. So, Krishna consciousness is the actual ocean of nectar, in comparison to which this 
this whole material world appears to be no more meaningful or attractive than uh, some grass strewn in the streets. So let us follow in the footsteps of the six Goswamis and all the great Acharyas who Srila Prabhupada has introduced us to by very seriously practicing Krishna consciousness, praying for their mercy that we may also actually come to the platform of Krishna consciousness from which platform we can actually perform some valuable service to human society. There are many people who imitate the six Goswamis by living in Vrindavan with short cloth but they don't realize six Goswamis they weren't acting only for their own benefit but they were acting for the benefit of the whole of human society by writing books. So that is the real mood of Arupanoga Bhakta to act for the benefit of human society by giving knowledge of Krishna consciousness by which people can be benefited. Hare Krishna. Any question? I don't have much time. I have another program in East Delhi at 7 o'clock. Uh, you said, like, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, Well, Tavavadi is a very technical term, which um, it refers to their philosophy, which he he reject, we might not say, but he con- considered it insufficient. Tadravadi means that they're actually very interested in philosophy. But their ultimate, Tat ultimately means the absolute truth. Tatsvamasi. So they're very much interested in delineating what is the absolute truth. But Chaitanya Mahabhu saw that there's some deficiency in that because he considered their sampradaya to be somewhat akin to that of the Karmakandis. Karmakandis who are interested in the... who, who take the Varnashram system to be the all-in-all. So the actual transcendental nature of Krishna consciousness that is it transcends the Varnashram system. Of course, it's mentioned in Shastra that Varnashram is meant to satisfy Vishnu. Varnashram Acharavata Purushena Purakpaman Vishnu Aradite Pantat Nanyatatosha Karanam So that's in Shastra, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his discussion with Ramananda Rai showed that there is there are higher levels of Krishna consciousness than this. Vanashram, following Vanashram for the satisfaction of Vishnu is, is that it's just that from the materialistic platform. It's an interface between the material platform and the spiritual platform. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he didn't think very highly of that. And he said that in your Sampradaya there, there are elements of the karmi, because of your 
so much adherence to Vahashramdhan and of the Gamis. Though they reject Mayavad, they they also put a lot of emphasis on uh, on understanding through a philosophical approach. Not that we reject that, but uh, ultimately Krishna consciousness is to be approached through service. And also because this you'll always find in the in Ramanuja and Madhva Sampradaya that they uh, that they can they worship Narayan for the sake of attaining mukti. Now of course their concept of mukti is mukti for serving the Lord. But it's all it's what God is doing for me. He will I I worship him because he he releases me from the misery of material life. Well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's concept is far beyond this. That we worship him, not what, for what he can do for us, not even that because he's God, but because he is Krishna, the supreme, attractive, loving person. We worship him for his transcendental loving qualities. So that's love beyond philosophy. Not, that, not at all that we reject philosophy. But there is, there is more to Krishna consciousness. It, it's not. It is only philosophy, but it's not only. But it's more than just a philosophical approach. So for those who are, they put a lot of emphasis on debating with Mayavadis and understanding through a dialectic approach. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was pointing out, where is the love? What is the difference between impersonalist and Mayavadi? Well, impersonalist is actually an English term for a start. So we can say, we, we can say that they're both broad generic terms more or less for the same thing. What about the others? Well, from Ramanuja he took the uh, spirit of service to the devotees and one other thing which I can't remember. I can look it up. I have it right here. Then from, what is it, the other thing? Oh yeah, a pure devotional service, free from karma and jnana. Then from uh, Nimbaka Acharya, he took Radhadasa, the importance of accepting Radharani, and very similar, uh, the, the uh, appreciation of the gopis love for Krishna. Then from uh, Vallabha Acharya, he took the, the Radhamag, or the the mood of spontaneous love for Krishna beyond rules and regulations. Then what else did he take from Bhava? I've got it here written in English. Can you speak? Krishnata Yakala Cheshtitam. The spirit of doing everything only anyway, somewhere in there. Spirit, ekantiki bhakti. 
doing everything only for the sake of Krishna. I'm going to finish here because I have to go on to another program and and I also want to announce that I have some books here which I'm distributing, which I've written, which is my main service in proper service. Writing these books which puffed up as it may seem, I can say, will help you in your advancement in Krishna's service because Many devotees tell me that, that these books have helped me. And many people told me that by reading this book, I took up devotional service. I came to Krishna consciousness like this. So I, by reading these books about Prabhupada, I, I got so much more inspiration to serve Prabhupada like this. These are a few of my books. A message to the youth of India. I think all these gone youth forum members should have that one. <laughs>